everyone. It's good to see you. Please sit down if you're here in the building, if you're watching uh, somewhere else at home or wherever you might be this morning. It's really good to see you. We're here to celebrate harvest. Uh, there's a good congregation here at church and a number of people uh, signing in at home. Uh, Graham, it's particularly good to see you from Northern Ireland. Uh, there's Alan. There's Marilyn, there's Crazy Cello Lady, Eileen, Christine and others all are coming in online. So it's great uh, to see you all. We've come here to be thankful this morning. Thankful to God for all sorts of things, but particularly at this time of year of harvest. And we're going to set a question this morning. I don't know if we can have that up on the screen, please, Henry. Is it up there? Here we go. It's coming. It won't be on the screen. So the question of the day is, for you to engage with at home and for you to think about here in the building, what are you thankful to God for this morning? Now, we're taking it for granted. We're we're thankful for him and for all that Christ has done for us. But what are some of the more practical things that you're thankful for? And if you're online, please send your uh, responses to that in the usual way. So maybe this next short film might give you some ideas for what you might be thankful for. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for God for having a home. I'm thankful to God for my church family. I'm thankful to God for delicious food. I'm so thankful to God for seeing family after so long apart. I'm thankful to God for NHS. I'm thankful to God that I've got a job that I really love doing. I'm thankful to God for friends. I'm thankful to God for opportunities to share life with my neighbours. I'm thankful for Jesus coming into the world and saving all our lives. I'm thankful to God for the gift of sport and exercise. I'm thankful to God for life, for creating me, for knowing me better than I know myself. I'm thankful to God for my mum and dad because they teach me about Jesus. I'm really thankful uh, to God for my family, uh, for my wife and uh, for my three children. I'm thankful to God for the endurance in my faith that he's given me, especially over the last 18 months. I'm thankful that God gave me family that make me feel safe and happy. I'm thankful to God for doctors and nurses. I'm thankful to God for his word that reveals his love for us and reveals his will for us. I'm thankful to God for sweeties. I'm so thankful to God for the free gift of salvation in his son, Jesus Christ. So what are we thankful for this morning? We Thank you. I don't know about you, but one of the things I was thinking I'm thankful for was seeing everybody here today. And with that thought, let us pray. 
Creator God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your splendour, the beauty of your creation, the succession of the seasons, and the love which has made this world. We thank you for the that we enjoy. We thank you for those who labour to supply our physical needs, for those who harvest our crops, for those who transport them at this time, those who process them and those who sell them. Loving God, we thank you also for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today we also pray for those most affected by the climate crisis. May we listen more closely to their stories and stand in solidarity with their actions to tackle climate breakdown. May we weep when they weep. May we work for a world where all live in peaceful harmony. We pray too for the wisdom of our leaders, that they may show courage and a commitment to the common good, that statements will be turned into action as they set the direction for us all to build a word, world where everyone has enough. We pray also for ourselves, that we may understand more deeply our role in causing the crisis and in building a better future. May our prayers help us align our lives more closely with God's kingdom, where the hungry are filled and the lowly lifted high. We give our prayers to you this morning at the beginning of our harvest service. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31 from the message. God spoke, Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them to reflect God's nature. He created them male and female, and God blessed them and said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree for food. To all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes, I give whatever grows out of the ground for food. And there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good, so very good. Thank you, Priscilla. It's good to see in front of us this morning uh, various natural products, the gifts that uh, you have brought for the food bank, and there'll be opportunities uh, later on to be able to engage with some of these things. I wonder what harvest time really means for you whether in a context like ours, we're slightly removed, if not very much removed, from the original idea of harvest. Now, I grew up on the edge of a market town in Kent. The area was a former hop farm where my neighbours lived. We were surrounded by farms and villages that were very much connected to the rural economy. And so harvest was very much a part of our community calendar, when I was growing up. 
And now for the last 17 years prior to uh, moving to Lee, we lived in a semi-rural village in Hertfordshire, again, surrounded by crop fields and livestock. And at this time of year, you would see tractors and combine harvesters clogging up our little high street as they moved crops from field to farms themselves. It was great to see them, but if you got stuck behind one of those in your car, you knew about it for a long time. But in suburbia and in an urban context, perhaps we find it more difficult, more of a challenge to make that connection particularly at this time of year. Yes, we grow things in our gardens, in our allotments. Yes, we buy things and bring them to the food bank. But in many ways, from the wider rural economy, we are that little bit further from the reality at the coalface, if you pardon the use of that expression. Harvest is about being thankful. That's why some of you will have noticed I put a jug of water uh, down at the front uh, to add to our display because I sometimes think we need to remember that we're thankful for water. I can remember when I was a child, people used to bring coal and lumps of wood as part of a um, display for harvest because they were thankful for those things that heated our homes. Harvest is about being thankful. But it does also give us an opportunity to reflect on how we use and misuse God's creation. And in an age of climate change, can we as followers of Jesus Christ have not only a sustainable planet, but a sustainable faith? What does that look like? Now, harvest for me is a time to pause, to be thankful for God's provision and to reassess my part in his creation. It's also the time of year when it's my birthday, so I particularly like it. But it does help us pause and think about how do we care for God's world and what is our part to play from a faith perspective to the sustainability of our planet. Now, from the late 1960s, my uncle was a member of what was then called the People Party that then had a name change and became the Ecology Party and then had another change in 1985 to become the Green Party. And so my faith has always been linked to what we would call today creation care, sustainability for everyday life while we care for God's planet but live in a way that is sustainable for us today. And also to see our responsibility towards God's planet on which we live. So what does God, through the Bible, have to say about the environmental crisis that we're facing? What is the message of God in an age of climate change. Let's have a look at the Bible, and Priscilla's read some of the key passages for us this morning. The first creation narrative in Genesis 1 repeats that all creation is good, and this is because God loved the world. God cares about the whole world that he's created. That's clear all the way through the Bible. Care for the environment is part and parcel of God's message. 
He affirms the goodness of vegetation, of living creatures. And the glory of God, we're reminded, is reflected in the extravagance and the diversity of creation. All I'll say is that. How you grew that, Martin, if you did, I don't know. But there is a great diversity in the world in which we live. Now, all of this we know is threatened by human greed. And when we don't respect the planet as God's creation, as he made it for us and for him and for all creation. The main thrust of the first creation story is not to explain how creation came about. And maybe that's where we get it wrong. It's there to install a sense of wonder, to invite the reader to worship God the creator. So from a faith perspective, we might say that God gave people the task to be good stewards of the world, but is it dominion or domination or something else? What is it? Now that's a phrase that is used by some to justify humankind's dominion of the planet. The planet and the natural world and everything that it produces and lives within it. The natural world. How do we interact with it? How should we care for it from a faith perspective? There is, in some cases, the language of ruling the earth because humans are made in the image of God. However, the special nature of humanity is our relationship with God the Creator. So the focus here is not on humankind as the principle of creation, but on the Creator, whose nature is reflected in creation. Someone has said, by creating humankind in his image, God did not give a justification for the desecration of the rest of creation, but rather our responsibility for it. We, you and me and all people, are ultimately responsible and accountable for the care of God's world. And that's a faith responsibility as well as a humanity perspective some years ago I was flying in a light aircraft uh, over some fields in Honduras in Central America and one of my colleagues that I was flying in that small uh, 12-seater plane with pointed out to me fields and fields of pineapples that were growing beneath us and he said to me four years ago that was a forest we're now having to grow pineapples for the American canned food market. He said to me, the ground has probably got only four or five years of nutrients in it to sustain that. And they would, then they will have to move on to another part of the country and slash and burn and grow more pineapples for the American canned food market. There is a fundamental connection between humankind and the very substance of earth. 
Our consumerism is affecting the planet. And it goes deeper than plastic in our oceans and the throwaway culture and the demand for ever cheaper meat products. It's through the soil that we've sung about and thanked God for this morning. It's through the soil that, force, that it is a force of life and death at work. As I often say at funerals, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Because without soil, we as humans and all living organisms could not survive. It's crucially important for all life. The ultimate source of much of what we eat is the soil in which things grow. If you're a gardener, you will know that, obviously. We all know that. We know that the land can be harmed by human activity. And that was documented not just in the last hundred years, but by Homer and Plato as well, as in the Bible we read in Leviticus 25. Long before deforestation that I've seen and slash and burn techniques to grow cheap food. However, the church has often failed to fully recognise the relationship between God and the natural world. And there are perhaps three main reasons why that is. Partly it's because of the anthropocentric view that the places humanity at the centre stage of the world in which we live. Its resources, we think, perhaps are to be subdued and exploited. And this view sees God as historical rather than the God of all creation. Partly it's because of the Greek ideas of an impassive God who is separated and uncontaminated by the rest of creation. And partly it's because of the belief that all matter is intrinsically evil and only the spiritual is important. And it's been said by some in the church that the problem is we should be concentrated uh, on, we we should not necessarily be concentrated on saving the planet, rather saving souls. Forgetting that the health and wholeness of the whole of creation is important to God and therefore a goal for us as followers of Jesus. Creation wasn't a one-off event. It's a continuum, an ongoing process for all to be involved with. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see descriptions of creation that link ecology and economy in what has been termed as a community of earth and animal and humanity, but also God. Now, while like so many other different topics, the Bible doesn't directly address how we rape the planet and the issues as a result of that, of climate change, of resource depletion. But it does give us general pointers about how to live out our independence responsibly. Humankind is expected, as you can see on the screen, to enjoy creation and partake in its fruitfulness, not destroy the fruitfulness upon which creation's fullness depends. 
Humanity's position with regard to the whole created order should be one of relationship rather than dominion. Dominion, exploitation or control. Rather, it's about enjoyment. It's about participation and it's about partnership with the whole of creation as God created it in balance. It's about relationship and community at the very heart of the very nature of God. And we see that in the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's within humanity, with animals, with flora and fauna. It's at the heart of God's creation and the balance of the world in which we live. The Genesis account of creation have been used in part to justify an attitude of domination and exploitation by humankind. But at the heart of those accounts, at their very essence, is a command to humankind to behave responsibly and in love to care towards all of God's creation. It's the very planet that sustains both humans and the rest of created order. So there are clear biblical principles for the stewardship of creation, of God's world. And it's acting according to those principles. Acting in a way that helps us to have the God-given perspective that we've been given because we're made in his image of having a sustainable faith in these challenging climatic times. The challenge is that once we realise this, our thinking should change, our actions should change, our habits should change to be aligned with this God perspective. Now if you rent a property either where you live or perhaps where you work, you are the tenant and not the owner. And according to your tenancy agreement, as a tenant you will have certain responsibilities to act in responsible ways towards that place that you rent. But the landlord, and not you, are the owner. As human beings, we are not the owners of this planet, but we're the tenants of the earth. And it's God who is the generous landlord. And he hasn't required a deposit from us. What we do know is we have a choice. Are we going to continue to pollute and damage the environment? Or are we going to join with millions of others around the world, of those of Christian faith and others, to try and find a different way? so that the earth will not be pillaged and raped and slash and burn will not be our preferred way of working. Can those of us who are followers of Jesus mirror the personality of God? Because that's what we're called to do in following Jesus. Can we mirror the personality of God and care for his planet responsibly? That's the challenge of harvest. Yes, we come to give thanks, of course we do, and it's right that we do that. It's right that we engage with the soil, 
that we care for our oceans, that we celebrate the harvest that we can see here before us because of vegetables and flowers and other goods that we have. But it's not all about take. It's about what's our part in making sure that God's planet is looked after, is cared for, that there is a future for our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We have a part to play. It's part of God's call on our life. It's part of what it means to follow Jesus, is to look after those things that we have been given responsibility for. So let's be thankful and let's play our part. Let's pray together. God of all creation, your goodness and glory shine forth through everything you've made. And as we come this morning, we are thankful people. Thankful for all that you have given us. Thankful for all that this planet produces, for which in partnership we can be in participation with. As the balance of this planet is so delicate, we thank you for your provision for us. We thank you through the light of faith in Jesus. Help us to see this world, our common home, not as a resource to dominate and exploit, but as a gift to be cherished and be thankful for by all. Father God, we ask that prompted by your Spirit, we would be responsible people according to your design. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's have a look at some of the comments. Good grief, there's loads of them been coming uh, online. Uh, Paul and Mary send their greetings. I know they're, they're at home today. Uh, the Rotherhams also had their greetings, Cecilia and one or two others. So here we go. Uh, Andy says that he's thankful that we can praise God uh, as one. Loud, soft, in and out of tune, cello, trombone and loud crashing cymbals. You'd expect that uh, from Andy, wouldn't you? Alan Cook said he is thankful for life, for family and friends, that God loves him for who he is uh, and every step of the way. Uh, Ruth says she's thankful uh, that we can praise God wherever we are. Cecilia thanks God for Alan and the organ. Well done, Alan. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are other comments here. Uh, Eileen says that she's so thankful to God for the many things, including family and friends, who help them. Um, the list goes on and on. I can't read them all. Uh, let me pick out another one. Uh, some, Ronnie says, I'm very thankful for God's protection, his provision, and his preservation. Uh, Gina says, thanks for speaking about this and the problems uh, of, uh, of various cultures that we have. Oh, yeah, we can put that one on the screen, whoever's doing that. Uh, in other countries, due to our consumerism, soil and water health is imperative for everything, for our food and health. We need to look after the environment and we'll look, it will look after us, absolutely. Uh, crazy Chillo Lady says she's thankful for the beauty around us and is watching the sparrows on the feeders while she's watching us uh, online. They're outside her window. 
and there are others as well uh, for which you engage. I'm going to see if we can get Sarah on the screen now. I don't know if that's possible. I know she's at, at home uh, isolating. Oh, Sarah, there you are. Good Hello. morning. What people won't be aware of is a lot of the technology we're using, Sarah is helping us with from her home uh, just down the road. But some of you will know why uh, Sarah and Matt are isolated. Can we hear you as well, Sarah? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, can we turn her up a bit? We're just going to turn you up, Sarah. Let's try Lovely. again. Lovely. I like to be us? loud. Hello. No. <laughs> One can you second. hear me now? Well, while we're waiting for Sarah, where's Jane? Oh, there you are. Jane, um, would you like to just come up over to the microphone? Jane and Sarah and others are part of our green group, helping us think through some of the things that I've been speaking about this morning. And uh, we had a similar group in my last church, and we were able to get certain awards as a church uh, there for things that we did. So there is a gold, silver, and a bronze award. And while I was there, we were able to get the bronze and silver award for the way we as a church operated and uh, how we uh, went about doing what we've done. And uh, if you were at the church meeting uh, a few months ago, you'll know that we have now been uh, given a bronze award for being an eco-church. Sarah, are you, can we hear you now? Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you clap, beautifully. Clap, clap, thank you. <laughs> You're clapping yourselves, so thank you. Sarah, can we hear you now? Can you hear me? I can hear no, you. No, can't. Okay, we'll carry on talking to Jane, and then if we get you back, uh, I could see you here as well as there. Um, if we get you back, we, we, we'll get you engaged with this. But Jane, you've been part of the group, uh, along with others. What are the sorts of... Shall I hold that for you? Because Yeah, thank you. It's not heavy, though, is it? We can hold it like that, can't we? There we go. <laughs> um, what are some of the things as a church? You're our facilities uh, manager, so there are things that you and others have had to think through about our building, how corporately we do things that have allowed us to get this award. What are some of those things? Uh, if, it, if it's possible, uh, to LED lights. So we're doing things like that. We've also... Um, in the kitchen, we've decided that we kind of split our split our rubbish so that there's uh, a, a container for recycled paper and all of that kind of thing split there. We've also done things in the garden to make it more biodiverse. So we've got a bat box in there. We've got a uh, bird box in there. And in the spring... I, there was, a, there was a camera. I don't quite know how it worked, yes, but there was, there was birds in it. So that was brilliant. Uh, we've got bird feeders, um, those that look after the garden. We're just trying to encourage plants that and attract pollen insects, pollinating And some of those insects. things are important for our preschool yeah. as so they engage with things for yeah. our children's work yeah. here, but also for all of us as yeah. we try to yeah. be more responsible. Yeah. Are yeah. there other things that we've done about plastics and things are goods that we've bought and that sort of thing. Have we, have we moved on to that yet? Yes. Yeah, so oh, so we, we, when we purchase things, we, we are mindful of different criteria that we'd like to fulfil. Uh, I think one of the main things that we've been helping people to do is to recycle crisp packets. And uh, there's mountains of them. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, oh, oh, mountains. I, I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, as a staff team, we had to flatten them all. I can't remember how long ago it was, Steve. Can you remember? It was some months ago. I couldn't believe how many crisp packets this church and this local community get through. Incredible. But keep bringing them. It's a really good scheme. Once you've contended... 
can I just say, if you are going to bring them, we'd like them clean and we'd like them flat. Don't fold them because the way that we send them to TerraCycle, that's the way that they like to receive them. So for every eight kilograms we send off, we get some money back. And don't ask me, because having said that, I'm thinking I have no idea how much money we get back. But we do get money back from that. We're putting aside just to, for a little fun for other green initiatives that we might like to, to do. And then with regard to the preschool, we, we kind of funded them having a mud kitchen so that children are out playing, uh, being outside, having fun, but also observing different things. So is Sarah with us yet? Can you hear me? Ask, are you there, Sarah? Yeah. Sarah? Yes, yes, I am. I am. Ah. Ah. Great. Right. Sarah, Sarah, do you want, do to, you add want to add anything? I don't know where to look. Um, Sarah, yeah. do you want to add anything to what Jane has already said? Yeah, well, Jane's yeah, been Jane's doing a marvellous job. job. Um, but um, I do want to say that part of our eco-church survey was to work out the footprint of the church. Unfortunately, Sarah, you're sounding like a Dalek now. That's not intentional. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, Sarah, but David's saying, perhaps God's saying, don't use technology, use basic things. <laughs> Can you hear um, me now? Those things, Jane, are very similar to what we do in our homes, yeah. but there's a corporate responsibility, is what we're saying, trying yeah. as we live yeah. as church community to yeah. also be responsible. Yeah. I think one of the big things that we're trying to have a look, well, we're not trying, we are having a look at, is um, local fuel generation, renewable fuel generation. And we've been thinking about this for some time, and it, it's just quite complicated, really. Suffice it to say that we have been in contact with various uh, installers of solar panels because we're blessed with a really brilliant site. We've got south-facing roofs. Uh, they're, they're probably in good enough condition, but we'd need just to check the structural effectiveness of them. Uh, but it's just trying to pull together the best way to fund those. So it's a pity that Sarah's a bit... Um, quiet because she knows all about this but there is if i've i'll try and get the uh, basics of it the government are backing regional uh, groups of people and there's money behind it to form local groups of people that will produce renewable local energy is that about right sarah so yeah a, a good example of that is, is is previously we were able to buy some solar panels because we went in with a community group yeah. in the area this was a few years ago now um but we were able to get uh, solar panels we were able to buy uh also bought mm. and that allowed us to install them and we became uh, almost um electric neutral well we were in yeah. fact, we, uh, we ended up selling some electricity yeah. uh, to the local grid. So, so that, that could yeah. happen. And it's a very similar idea. Yeah. Obviously, it would benefit us as a church that we'd have sources of renewable energy, but it's more uh, to, to lead on a community response and having local uh, energy that's pr uh, resourced renewably. Let's try Sarah once more. Are you there, Sarah? I am here. Can you hear me? No. She's there. That's a pity. I'm she, here. You're there physically. You can wave I to am. us. Jane, I'm going to ask you a question. I was going to ask, ask Sarah. This might be a little unfair, but we'll see where we go. Of the things that the Green Group has learnt, what positive things have filtered in to perhaps the everyday lives of the Green Group that in, the, in their home context that reflects this whole thing of caring for God's uh, planet and God's world. Is anything, have you learned new things, I suppose is what I'm saying, that have filtered into yeah. to home yeah. life and how you and Trev yeah. work at home? 
Um, I think it's a really good question. I, so for myself, I think um, it's a growing understanding of the nature of the situation and the severity of the situation and uh, the, the kind of knowledge that we just really haven't got very long uh, in which to, to take action and to turn things around. Not for our benefit, but, well, it will benefit us, but it's for generations and it's also for uh, societies and cultures that live in, the, in other parts of the world where people are poorer and where they're more vulnerable and will be affected most by any change of, in sea level. So I think, and to understand as well that we, we're kind of complicit in it, um, you know, we kind of stand back and think well, we live quite, quite well, thank you very much. And we do. And we, we're really privileged people. We live in a really yeah. affluent part of the world. But I think God places upon us a responsibility, an individual responsibility, to just live a little bit more simply and to live mindful that we're, we're major consumers. Each one of us is a major consumer. And just to start living, taking small steps. And people argue that that doesn't really make a difference because it's, you know, the government should be directing its eye towards China and other India and other countries that are the polluting uh, nations. But I think by doing small things, it helps us just to get into the mindset one, that it really honours God, but two, it's the mindset that you're starting to change your habits. You're doing yeah. small things. You're kind of thinking, do I need to turn the heating on? Can I put a jumper on? Can I grow a bit of veg or, or You sound whatever. like me at home. No, we don't put the heating on. So put all, another jumper on. Yeah, so all of those kind of things. Yeah. Right, we'll try one more time. Can we hear you, Sarah? Well, I've got loads to no. say. Can you hear oh, me? That's a great that's shame. A pain. We can't hear you, but we can see. Sarah, thank you for being available. Thank and you. thank you for being involved in the Green Group. Uh, and thank you for doing some of the tech stuff behind the scene that, that makes these services work. We really appreciate it. Jane, thank you. Thank you. Let me pray. Father, as we've already recognised, you are the God of all creation. And your goodness and your glory shine through everything that you've made. Help us to be mindful, to think how we use the good things that you have given us. Help us to work in partnership, individually and corporately, with creation. We recognise this is part of your message. And as people of the word, as people of the book, as people of the spirit, may we reflect all those things as we care for the world that you have placed us in. Hear our prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me pray. Father of creation, we thank you for all that you've made, for the stunning diversity of humankind for the beauty of every flower head and abundance of healthy harvest goods but help us to tread lightly in this world we ask and to live wisely remembering our place in the great web of creation challenge us where we need to be challenged whether it be our lifestyles. Convict us when we need to speak out. Give us the courage to speak truth and power. 
Send us out to play our part in your work, your work of restoring your world, of healing broken relationships, of working for justice and loving all people and this planet. Hear our prayer, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.